Hey everyone, my name is Asher Roddy. And this is Tyler Whipple. Welcome to Talking Two-Tone. We're thrilled to bring you a new and thought-provoking podcast that talks all things Tennessee Titans. Go ahead and reserve your ticket now. It's going to be an incredible journey. Tighten up. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Talking Two-Tone. My name is Asher Roddy and I'm once again joined by the toughest and best co-host out there, Tyler Whipple. He is, uh, you know, he got, he had his uh, version of the Michael Jordan flu game, I want to say. But it's good <laughs> to have him back. I didn't participate in the game last week. That's why we probably have a little week of, uh, of uh, non-participation. Uh, so I'm back. I'm back at it. I had a little stomach issues. Stomach bug took me down for about four days. But, hey, man, I'm back and ready to talk a little Titans football. I'm ready, too. Let's dive into it. Um there's really not been a lot that's been going on just yet. I mean, I get we can start by recapping the Super Bowl. The stones on Matthew Stafford to throw a no-look pass in the fourth quarter of the fucking Super Bowl. The guy's yeah. electric. He's, he's just a winner, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of expected the Rams to win the game. Uh, the deficiencies of the Bengals really showed up. We talked about it a couple weeks ago before the game. I know we're, we're a little late to recap it. But uh, uh, the Bengals' offensive line really lost in the game. And I think the Bengals' play call a little lost in the game there, too. They started trying to throw the ball too much. Uh, They've actually run the ball pretty well with Joe Mixon, and then they got away from it for whatever reason. So, yeah, uh, the, the Rams' defensive line dominated as we thought they would and uh, actually put the, the capper on the game there in Donald's sack, possibly his last play of, of his career. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad the Rams won the game. Um you know, it, it went as we expected. So, figured the Bengals would make a run, but the Rams' talent ultimately won them the game. And that roster that uh, the GM over there, I can't think of his name right now, I'm losing it. They, they've built. And uh, congratulations to the Rams. Yeah, I mean, they had the their best players made the best made the biggest plays at the biggest moments. I mean, Aaron Donald just they they couldn't do anything to stop him in the second half of that game and. Matthew Stafford, when he started talking shit, that's when I knew, okay, this this turkey's about to get real cooked in a second. When you know, when the first the first touchdown pass he threw when they called it back for offsetting penalties in the fourth quarter to Cooper Cup, when Cooper got hit up high, and Matt, Matthew Stafford went over there and said, "Was that fucking you?" To one of the DVs, I was like, "Oh shit, there is no way that the Rams are not winning this game now." When he started talking that shit, I mean, in retrospect. Matthew Stafford's not going to beat up anybody. You know, he's probably not going to. But what he's going to do is if any of those bastards touches him, even if Stafford touches them first, it's going to incite a riot. And I can guarantee you one thing, you know, Miles Jack swung a helmet at Mason Rudolph. Aaron Donald's going to rip a man in half. Aaron Donald's <laughs> going to pick Aaron Donald's going to pick someone up like Bane did to Batman and snap their back in half. He's going after Joe Burrow and you could have a fucking army around Joe Burrow. You can even have 15 Quentin Spains. Aaron Donald's getting through there somehow because Joe Burrow at that point wasn't mobile. He, like, sprained his MCL or something. You know, you NFL know, like, Film does that awesome job of uh, documenting the game. Did you see uh, Sean McVay on the sidelines saying Aaron Donald's about to make, make us champions here on that fourth down there before, of course, yeah. he quit in Spain? It's just – you just feel it. You know, it just you just feel Aaron Donald's about to make that play, like you said. He just completely put – Quit Spain in a turnstile and went right by there and made the sack. And 
Well, how fitting was that in the Rams season? I mean, Jeff, big, season. Jeff, big Jeff started tweeting at him, tweeting at Quentin Spain after that. You love like, to see it. You love Quentin, to see it. Quentin Spain is such a fucking bum, dude. Like, the, guy, the guy is not – there's a reason he's Mr. Undrafted. But, you know, that – you know, enough of that tomfoolery. Jeffrey Simmons would kill Quentin Spain in a fight. But <laughs> – you know, back to the, you know, Titans-related things. Uh, I read something, you know, Harold Landry's camp. I don't know how true it is or not, but Harold Landry is out there saying that he wants to be the highest-paid edge rusher in the Titans locker room. That's never going to happen. He's, he, I, I love Harold Landry. I think he, he's a great draft pick. The Titans had drafted him in the second round, and I thought they should have taken him in the first. We ended up taking Rashawn Evans for some reason, who's now going to be gone. Um, but the, Harold Landry – is a complimentary edge rusher. You know what I mean? Harold Landry, we've seen it. There's a reason Harold Landry's breakout year was this year. It's because he was surrounded by, and the, you know, the pretty much emergence of, of Jeffrey Simmons up there and Danico Autry and Bud Dupree, who, you know, people are going to come at us with, oh, Bud Dupree didn't really have a great year. It, you know, sacks are a misleading number. And I get it's how it's the barometer for grading edge rushers, but who were you, again, you know, football is a game, in my opinion, a lot like chess. Like, who are you going to double team on that line? Are you going to double team Danico Autry and let Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, and Bud Dupree go through? Are you going to double team Bud Dupree and let Harold Landry, you know, Autry and Simmons go through or double team Jeff? Like, it, you know, it, it, yeah, Harold Landry had 12 sacks, 12 and a half sacks, and, you know, it was his best year as a Titan. But an argument could be made that, he only had that amount of successes because of the people around him. Uh, yeah. So no, I, I think I, I think I got a, a I think I, I you said he don't think he needs to be the highest paid. I think I'm gonna have to disagree with you here. Um, he I think we, he does deserve to be the highest paid in in the room right now, right now. Other than Jeffrey Simmons, who's not due for a contract yet. If 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 Bud Dupree's the the standard of what I really think we should. If I had to pick. Two to take right now, if it was Harold Landry or Bud Dupree, everybody in their right mind would take Harold Landry. So, and I know he's going to make more to Bud Dupree because Bud Dupree got a kind of a, a team-friendly deal because he didn't have a lot of suitors for some reason, whatever reason. The Colts wouldn't take him back for whatever reason. Talking about Autry? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to make more than Autry, yes. of course. So, if, if you're going to have to pay him more than Bud Dupree, I think I would have to agree with that. Uh, if Bud Dupree maybe restructures, blah, blah, blah. Worst case scenario, uh, Harold walks, but that's what's going to happen. He's going to get franchise tag. That's going to put him in the top five edge rushers for a year or top ten. It's top five or top ten. I I think it varies per position. I think it's top uh, ten in edge rushers. Top five in quarterbacks. Okay, so he's going to get top ten pay for this year. And then it's kind of his – really, this is his year to decide whether you're going to get top ten going forward. But then you're in – a pickle next year, you had to pay him and Big Jeff. So I don't really know how it works. And AJ. and AJ. So Harold Landry, we may get him one more year as a as a franchise player, and uh, I think you have to look at draft his replacement already because there's no way you're going to let the fan, uh, the foundational pieces of Jeff on defense and AJ on offense walk. Harold's going to be the odd man out. So I think he will get that highest paid premier press rusher in our in our pass rush room next year, the upcoming season, actually, for one well, year. 
I don't think we can. I, I don't. I don't think long term he's going to get the contract he wants from the Titans. Oh, I don't no, think. no. There's no chance. There's no, unless he takes there's a just, team friendly deal. He can't. There's just no way because I mean we're going to have to pay Jeffrey Simmons. Who there's an argument to be made if Aaron Donald retires is now the best interior defensive lineman in the league, which I think he will be. And the, you know then you're going to have to pay AJ, and AJ is going to get top ten wide receiver money, and then. With Justin Jefferson and all of those players, I mean that's going to be a shit ton of money. Well, if you and look at if you look at David Jeff Long. though, if you look David at Jeff Long, though, yeah, David Long. But if you look at Jeff, the money he's going to command, he may get top five non-quarterback money in the league. I think he deserves it. But, you know, I think I think Aaron Don. I've said this a hundred times. I think Aaron Donald is the best player in the NFL. I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, you know, and I think Jeffrey Simmons is now creeping up into that conversation with the way he played. The dude had what? Uh, they, they gave him three and a half, but the man had four sacks against the in the playoffs. He had in a playoff game. He had, in my mm-hmm. opinion, four sacks. They gave him a hat. They split one with him, which I don't think they should because he caused the disruption. But God, Jeffrey Simmons is going to be a monster, and I think you know he deserves something similar to that Albert Hainsworth contract. I agree. He's he's going to be paid in the top five. I'm not talking about just top five defensive linemen. He's going to be paid in the top five, I would say, of all contracts, non-quarterbacks, when he gets ready to be paid because he is a complete difference maker. I, I really do think he's the best defensive lineman in the league behind Aaron Donald from, from the attention he creates and he can rush the passer. There's not a lot of many – Chris Jones uh, – Aaron uh, Donald. Chris, Aaron Donald and Dom Sue back in the day. Crosby. Well, not really Crosby. I'm talking about interior pass rushers. There's not ah, a lot of yeah. if you can get pass rushers from the inside, that's that's huge on defense. Everybody knows that. I mean most people will get the pass rush from the outside, but if you can get it from the inside and cross havoc there, there's nowhere for the quarterback to go. Yeah. So I mean, I agree. I I think Harold Landry is gonna get franchise tagged, which would I guess by proxy uh make him, you know, the one, top He's, he, he would be close to Bud Dupree. I think Bud Dupree's getting, what, like 18, 17, something like that. I mean, he would get $17.3 million is the number if he got franchise tag. I just looked it up, which is a shit ton of money for one year. But, I mean, if he does, you know, who knows? Maybe Harold Landry comes out next year, plays like he did in that playoff game for the entirety of the year, and he gets 20, you know, 18 to 20 sacks. Then we revisit this conversation and say, oh, okay, yeah. okay. Now we gotta we got to think about – because A.J. Brown, you can already count on that. He's getting paid top 10 wide receiver money. He's just going to. He's too important for the Titans to let go. Um, I think if Harold Landry comes back next year and does 18 to 20 sacks or even 16 to 20, um, Tennessee cuts ties with Julio and re-signs Harold. But, you know, we'll see. Kevin Byard loves him. Titans love him. He's a, he's a homegrown product, which there have not been a lot of Titans over the last decade or so, we could say, that – have been elite homegrown talent. And, you know, J-Rob's the best in the business for a reason, so I believe in him. But, you know, I did see something really interesting the other day. I don't know. I'm not going to – if I were to put, like, a confidence level or stock rating into it, uh, I'd probably say I'm about a five, five confidence level that it could happen. Um, Jarvis Landry wants out of Cleveland. <laughs> and, you know, he had his most productive years in the NFL – catching passes from Brian Tannehill. So um, he's also owed zero guaranteed money over the next bit of his contract. So he, Cleveland literally could trade him for just capital and it'd be off the books. We wouldn't have to pay him shit. 
his contract is already paid up. So there'd be a one-year flyer on him, and that would give us that slot guy that we desperately need. Um, we could probably get us 70 catches if we asked him to <sighs> for no money. Um, we'd have to probably give up like a second rounder next year. I, I don't even think he would command Julio at this point from his production value. I'd probably say third or fourth rounder for Jarvis, and I'd probably take that. Oh, if you get third or fourth rounder for him, absolutely. But here's the thing about Jarvis Landry. He fits the Titans more than I think he fits the Browns. He's Well, I mean, he's a good fit for the Browns, too. He's such a physical, after-the-catch runner. And that's just what we have, you know. And he's just a little quicker, twitchier than the receivers we have right now. So, he, he's like a um, smaller A.J. Brown. When he gets the ball, he's looking to run folks over. So, he really fits the physicality for the Titans. I love the idea of bringing him in especially with the connection with Tannehill. If you had A.J. and Julio on the outside and, and you're running 11 personnel and you have and you, or 12 personnel and you have uh, Jarvis inside without a tight end, that kind of takes away the problem we have a tight end. Um, I, love, I would love to see it. I would absolutely love to see it. He's a good blocker, too, in the run game. I really like it. But like you said, the confidence is about a 5% that would make it happen. We're already low on picks. We don't have a second rounder as it is this season. So – if, if he wants to come to Tennessee and the Cleveland's willing to make the deal that they had to make the right deal, um, would love it, but I don't see it happening. And he's been tweeting out. He's been tweet. He's been on Twitter, which is, I mean, Cleveland right now is getting very dangerously close to going back to the shit storm they were five years ago. Um, Baker Mayfield is regressing. It's obvious. He's banged up. He doesn't have the confidence he did, the cocky swagger he, he had when he came into the league. The coaching is getting worse, in my opinion, over there. Um, and OBJ, look what happened when OBJ left. He caught more touchdowns with the Rams to half of the season than he did his entire career in, in Cleveland. Um, yeah, it's rough. It, it, it's tough because, you know, when you evaluate quarterbacks, you know, young quarterbacks, right, when they first come in, their first target they're looking for is their running back or their tight end. It's always their safety blanket. And the fact that Baker Mayfield, 45% of his throws are to tight ends or running backs, and he's in year four or five, I can't remember, is a legitimate concern. It means to tell me that he's not developing as a quarterback. Um, And, you know, he doesn't have that extra benefit of being Lamar Jackson, who's an electric runner. And Mark Andrews is their best player on offense. But, uh, again, it it, it would be – it would take – some magic to probably get Cleveland to trade him to Tennessee. Um, Cause again, Cleveland doesn't owe him any money. So they don't really have to trade him. They, don't, they, can, they can just keep him. They don't even have to, there's literally, they don't have to do anything. That That's the, that's the best thing about like, as a GM, you're looking at Jarvis Landry's contract. You're like, fuck it. If you don't play, that's fine. I'm not paying you anyhow. Um, if you, if you, you know, sit out the whole year, fine. You have, we're, there's no obligation to either one of us. And then, you know, say Jarvis wants to have a prove-it kind of year. He goes out there and he has some great, great stuff. Um, he goes out and signs a free agency. If, and, you know, if he gets hurt, he ruins his career. If he gets balls out, he gets another contract. It's a win-win for both sides for Jarvis Landry to really stay in Cleveland. But, you know, if they're going to move him and they want to get something because they know they're not going to get him back, they can trade him to literally any team in the NFL because he's owed no money. Um, but – that brings us into our kind of version of the cap crisis. We're about to see some players, you know, sooner rather than later that are going to be released. And 
it just there's just no easy way to to see it. It just it it comes down to contracts, comes down to play, and it comes down to age and position. Like Jackrabbit Jenkins, see ya, you're gone. Like I can I can, I've never been more certain of anything in my life that Janoris Jackrabbit Rabbit Jenkins is going to get cut. Like there's just no doubt about that one. Kendall Lamb is going to get cut. But I did see some really interesting stuff to where the contracts we have right now um, that are on the books, if we restructured them, it would, if we restructured every single player or like top, the top eight of our contracts, right. And just push the money back, which is basically what every team does. We would have like over 60 million in cap space. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen. We're going to cut Saffle. We're going to cut Jack rabbit. going to cut Kendall lamb. We're not going to resign Jayon. We're not going to resign Rashawn Evans. Um, I can't think of any other. Ben Jones is probably going to be re-signed. Taylor Luan's going to stay if he restructures, which he might. Um, Kevin Byard's going to be asked to restructure again, which I don't think he should have to, but he probably will because he's a good guy. Um, but yeah, that gives us, you know, that's where we are. We're not in a good spot at all. We're $8 million over the cap already, and the free agency hasn't even really started. So <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, the Titans are going to look completely di- – not completely different next year. The, the core players are going to be there. You know, we've got all these good players that we have under contract for at least another year and or we know they're going to sign these guys, you know, when the time comes. But these these players that have kind of helped change the Titans' culture are going to be gone. Uh, you know, a lot of people give Rashawn Evans a lot of crap, but he's one of those players that have been there in our big wins. You know, he was in the AFC Championship run. He made the play against New England in the fourth in the fourth down stop on the fourth and goal there to turn the ball over. If you remember, that was Rashawn Evans yeah. that tackled. Um, what was it? Um, Burkhead. Uh, yeah. You know, and then you got Jayon Brown, who's been with the Titans his you know his entire career. Uh, I hate seeing players like this go. You know, I, I, it's tough to see these guys that have been there for a while. Like you said, Roger Saffold, he's been really a difference maker on the offensive line. He's probably gone. Uh, who knows? He may be back. J-Rob has some magic, like you said. I really like to see the main players that started and played a lot of snaps this year run this back one more year because this team did have a lot of magic. If they could stay healthy uh, and not be rusty at the playoff time like Derrick Henry was – you never, you never could tell what this season may have been, and then we wouldn't be talking a lot about these contracts too much because I think they would have really made their, made sure they ran it back. So anyway, uh, the Titans gonna look different next year, and um, and it's tough to see, but it's also exciting to see some new players coming in uh, through the through the free agency that we can get on, you know, uh, lower level deals, and <clears throat> also we just we just picked up Josh Malone, who I think is gonna be a lot better than people think because he's kind of underrated. He, the reason I know a lot about him, uh, he, played for, he, he played for Tennessee Volunteers, which is my team, and he was really good for Tennessee. So I know he has a lot in him. He, he was really good in SEC ball, so it kind of translates to the NFL a lot. So he, he could be he could be that slot player we need. I think he's a more physical, athletic Nick Westbrook Aquino. <laughs> That's why I think of Josh Malone. I think of him. He, he, he can high point the ball. He, he, I like him. So, if he can make the squad, I think he can be a difference maker if we can't sign somebody like a Jarvis Landry or whatnot or somebody in free agency. But just going back to what I was saying, it's going to be a completely different year next year. I don't want to get too far off. Um, uh, the cap crisis is what it is. 
So you, you just got to expect what you got to, you know, you got to keep the top players anyway and just expect to lose some of these players that we've kind of grown accustomed to and kind of accept into the types of community that we all love and, you know, watch play for so long. It, it, it will be tough to see some of these guys go, but it is coming. So, yeah, I mean, just brace yourself for it. Um, no, nah, no, nah, I mean, we're just – now we don't really even have like a, you know, kind of like next topic we're going to talk talk about. We're just kind of going to shoot some shit a little bit here. And, you know, this we can do this with like the players we're evaluating too who we'd like this offseason to get. Um, I saw – so I, I, I'm very, very in, in like tap with like Titans rumors and Titans Twitter on – on who 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 we're hearing about, who we're not hearing about, and I saw a really really good one the other day. Um, Mike Jacecki from the Dolphins. I, I think he would be a nice little player for the Titans to get. Oh, yeah, he's going to be a free agent, and I would really I would take him over How OJ Howard and um, probably in Joku to be honest with you, because Jacecki, he. Oh man, he's fucking good. That he's guy. Played, can... I think he plays rookie year with Tannehill, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, mean, there's already that connection a little bit. So yeah, exactly. And you know, he's he's a good play. He's a big physical guy. Um, but no, see, my whole thought process, and every single time the I say the word Titans or think about this team, I'm always going to think about the last play of the Tennessee Titans season when. Fucking, they made a field of fucking Bengals game, but the the guy in crunch time that Tannehill went to was Nick Westbrook Aquina, and I'm just gonna say it. I I, I don't like Nick Westbrook Aquina. I I don't like him to be wide receiver three. I don't like him to be the guy that is in that two minute offense. I don't trust him. And you know what? The fact that Tannehill did. Because the whole fucking season, everybody's out. There are 90 players in and out of rotation on the team. It says a lot about his belief in these guys that nobody even fucking knows. 90% of the time, when Nick Westbrook-Akina's talked about, they get his name wrong. They don't spell it correctly. They don't even know that he went to Indiana, which is a basketball school. I haven't even heard of another singular football player from Indiana University or University of Indiana, whichever the one it is. (laughs) No, they're the fucking Hoosiers. I mean – the only player that I know that can't – two players that I know that have come from the state of Indiana that have been successful in pro sports are Larry Bird, and he went to Indiana State, and fucking Sean Kemp because he went he was from Indiana and beat all of Larry Bird's records, and Larry Bird gave him 40-10-10 during that game, first time he played against them. But that's the only two players. And, you know, it's not a knock on Indiana Hoosiers. Like, I really don't care for it. I'm indifferent. But, like, there's no reason why he should be a, a you know, go-to guy with – you know, in the crunch time of a playoff game, all right? You should be st- – I would much rather Tannehill have thrown that interception if he is staring down Julio or A.J. Brown like he did on the first play of the game. I, yeah. I would live with that. But the fact that you're going to Nick Westbrook-Akina the ent- or in triple coverage, in yeah. triple coverage, you know, th- that just pisses me off that he had to be – you know, I've kind of simmered down from why Tannehill was going to him to now accepting why he was. Because Tannehill's going to Nick Westbrook-Akina because he played more with him that year than he did with A.J. or, or Julio. You know? Nick Westbrook-Akina spent more meaningful reps on the field this year than Julio Jones did. And, you know, 100%. maybe, maybe, you know, that, that played into consideration. Like, Tannehill's like, all right, 
two-minute offense. I'm just going to not think about things. I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to use trust here. And, you know, most sane people would not have thrown triple coverage into your wide receiver three. They would have gone to your playmakers. But Tannehill, for whatever reason, I don't know what's going on in his brain, um, he threw it to Nick Westbrook-Akina because of the situation he was, he was put in this year. Tannehill is a very serviceable quarterback. Tannehill is not an elite quarterback. I used to think he might be. Um, but when Tannehill can be elite, I'll say that. Tannehill can be elite with everything going well around him, which means more so by definition he is serviceable. But that just pissed me off. So what I think Tennessee should do is I think they should go wide receiver first round or tight end. I don't give a shit. You take whichever one, the best one of those two that you have on your mock board, and you go in there and you take them. Because I'm going to be at the draft. And I'm going to be obnoxious if Tennessee takes a fucking offensive lineman. It's not – what's his name? The guy from <laughs> yeah, Northern, Northern Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, Northern Iowa. That guy is a monster. If they, if they take him, I'll be like, all right, fine. Here's the hotel key for that guy. Go have sex with my wife. But if they don't take – if they take like – some center or some bullshit like that, I'm going to be pissed off. Because no way J-Rob takes a center. No. If he does that and he lets barefoot Ben Jones walk during free agency, I'm going to be pissed. The only time, the only way Ben Jones should be walking is in the playoffs in 20-degree weather if we have to go to Foxborough. And I wanted him to be barefoot walking around on that field. Ben Jones should retire a Tennessee Titan. So don't draft the fucking center. Go out there and take Traylon Burks or – Jamison Williams or Doxon or any of or you know Drake London, any of those guys, I would take. I'd be like, all right, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this because it means bye bye Nick Westbrook Akina. You're not going to be on the field in two minute offense in the playoffs anymore. So that you know, I guess in one way, shape or another, I'm kind of like blocking out that bad memory or accepting it in hopes of it never happening again. You're in a final stage of grief, like me. I'm accepted it too. So. I'm I'm off the train of getting rid of Tannehill. You know, they're not the guys that mean anything that makes any decisions for the organizations. All said, you know, he's back. So we're riding with Tannehill for a, I'm going to take guys now a minimum of two more years, a minimum, a minimum of two more years. Cause we're not drafting a quarterback this year. We're not getting Aaron Rodgers. We're not getting Russell Wilson. And uh, if they draft the quarterback the year after, they're not going to start a rookie over Tannehill. When well, that would be his, what, sixth year with the team. So, with th- three years from now is probably the next chance we have at a new quarterback. So that's my acceptance. I'm over that. We're right with Tannehill Spinach. Just focus on that. Unless and, we go 0-17 and get Bryce Young. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's the only chances. But that's, we're not going to do that. We're going to go 11-6, and 12-5 again, I think, and get win our division again. I really do, especially with the Colts uh, and their quarterback situation. But that's besides the point. That leads me – what you was talking about kind of leads me right into who I, I like to see the Titans draft. Um <clears throat> I like Chris Olave out of Ohio State. He's really quick. Um, he, he he's he's a burner, and that's kind of what the Titans need. I mean, not kind of. That is absolutely what the Titans need. Because if we just had, could you imagine? I mean, everybody pairs their quick receiver to Tyree Kill. But could you imagine the the underneath stuff that AJ Brown could do if he had a guy who could command two safeties over the top like a Tyree Kill has? Everybody talks about the run after catch with Travis Kelsey and how good he is. Could you imagine if A.J. Brown had the lanes that he has? How wonderful would that be? We just need a guy that can command those safeties and let A.J. Brown do his thing in the intermediate. 
routes where he's so good. I mean, we all know he's a really good deep threat, but he's really electric. And that's where I think he really earns his money is run after the catch. And if we had just that one guy that could just make a defense scared that we're going to throw it over the top because we don't have anybody who's – because as good as A.J. and Julio are, they're not burners. You know, they're, they're four or five guys uh, yeah. on the field, you know. So we need that guy who's really going to make you scared and go over the top so those guys, the big physical receivers, can take advantage of smaller corners and make them tackle them. And uh, that's what I really like to see. Chris Olave is one, is that guy. He's, he's, he's really fast. You know, he, he's probably the fastest player on that Ohio State team. They've really recruited speed, and that's saying something. So, I think would Chris Olave. Would you but, rather have Olave or Williams? Well, coming off an ACL is what scares me about Jameson Williams. And Jameson Williams is probably the more polished route runner. Because two of the wide receiver coaches down in Alabama does a fantastic job teaching those guys <laughs> to run routes. Because those all those guys come in just ready to run everything in the route tree. Jameson Williams, Amar, look, Amari Cooper, um, uh, Jerry Judy, all these guys coming from Alabama are just fantastic route runners. So, and Jamison Williams, of course, he, he tore his ACL on a, uh, one of his technical cuts, you know, that he was about to make a nice route, of course. That's what he was doing. So, I, I'm scared of coming off the ACL. I know I know Big Jeff did really good, and I know we've seen Caleb Farley. We don't know what he's going to do yet. And they both tore off ACLs, off injuries, being drafted now. So that's kind of why I want to push away from Jameson Williams this year. You know, he may end up being – I may be really eating my words because the guy is just absolute baller too. But I think there's a reason Chris Olave was still playing for Ohio State and Jameson Williams wasn't. Jameson Williams had left because he could go on the field. They obviously thought Chris Olave was better. So that's my thinking on the process of that question. So, I, I, yeah, I'd like to see uh, Chris Olave draft there, 26. Yeah, I mean, I'd be okay with either one of them. Uh, you know – I'm partial. I'd rather have Williams because I think, you know, his his he can do more also in the return game than I feel like Olave could do. Um William Williams is just electric and so is Olave. It's not I'd be okay with honestly, like I said, I would be, if Tennessee goes unless it's like, you know, here's you know, here's my bargain wide receiver, right? The guy that I think would be really, really good and like and I think we could get him in the third round. Um, it would be Ross. What's that guy's first? Justin Ross from Clemson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's like six foot four or something like that. Yeah, Justin Ross. Here he is, six foot four, two hundred five. He's literally like AJ Brown. And I think, you know, I think he he could be a, a nice little third round pick. But I, if Tennessee goes anything other than offense in, in the first round, offensive skill player, I'm going to be pissed. Unless for whatever reason. For whatever reason, like none none of these first round guys are there. Like, it my overall first pick would be for, if this guy falls, so it'd be Drake London, wide receiver out of USC. I would take Drake London at six. I'd write it in so quickly. I wouldn't even let it get to like you know how every single pick gets down to like the last mm-hmm. second that says the pick is in. I'd write no, write write it in, Drake London, Drake London. Every single he's a top. He's not falling to us though hardly. He's probably a top five pick. What I've seen. Uh... I'd love yeah. to see it too, but I just really doubt he'd fall to us. It'd be it'd be fantastic. He's he's really like a Justin Jefferson type player. He he he's just really good. He's he can do everything that kid can. So I would like to see yeah. it, but I don't see him falling to us. But we kind of want to talk a little bit about the free agency side of it too. Just to you know, I know the Titans don't have a lot to use this year in free agency, so I don't expect a big year of free agency like last year. If we hit, we just 
really really solidified our D line and D line and in free agency last year. But who I'd like to see the Titans go after is a serviceable serviceable starting caliber quarterback. Who uh, so if we could get our hands on a Jameis Winston, somebody who's really going to push uh, Tannehill this year. Uh, somebody who makes him think he might, maybe my starting job isn't what it is, you know. I would just like to see just a little more competition in the quarterback room, make this guy really earn it this year again. Like he, when he came in with Marcus Mariota, if you could bring Marcus Mariota back. I would take that as a backup, of course. But I want to see somebody push Tannehill a little harder this year so he's not so reckless as, like he was at times this season. I think he'd really dial back and be the game manager that we need him to be. That's all we need him to be. When we don't turn the ball over and we win the turnover differential, we win, period. That's what the Titans have done the last three years. So we don't need a quarterback throwing three or four interceptions a game. That's really the only way we're going to lose. So if we can just bring in a quarterback that's going to make him scared that he's going to lose his job, maybe he'll start managing the game more efficiently. And that's all I'm asking. I'm not asking him to be benched or traded. I just want somebody to put a little pressure on his neck. Yeah, I agree with that. Um Free agent-wise, I mean, I don't think – I think there are only two positions that I would really even – I mean, aside from O-line depth, you know, but that that you can't ever have enough of that. The only only two things that I would really target if it was there in free agency would be something like, how can I make this offense more potent? Because, like, with Arthur Smith – we maximized everything we had. Johnny Smith, you know, we got the best out of we could have gotten out of Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. Like, everything, everything was flowing really well. And then you get a new coordinator, and then, you know, he, for whatever reason, he doesn't do the same things that we were doing. I think this team, you know, really, really needs a tight end. I think that having to use three roster spots on a tight end and carry three to every single game is a problem. All right? It's a problem because, you know, most good teams carry two tight ends. They do. They just carry two of them. And it's because they have one guy that does everything well. Um, and we had that for so long with Delaney Walker. And then we took Johnny Smith because, you know, I, for whatever reason, they drafted him. And Delaney Walker said, you can draft him. He ain't going to play, which he didn't until Delaney Walker, you know, hurt his ankle. And that was that. Um, but I, I think Tennessee is, you know, they need that player who can go help out on whatever side is getting bullied. Um, by by a guy, you know, give him a little bit of extra time, but can also peel out and run a nice little curl route. I, that's what I think they need. And I think, you know, having to carry three players to do that is a problem because it means for whatever reason you can't bring up an extra DB or you can't bring up an extra D lineman or, you know, another offensive lineman. Um, I would go after Mike Jacecki. That's who I would go after in free agency. And, you know, I really like – I don't think Miami's going to let him walk. I don't think they will. He's too, he's too important to the development of Tua. Um, but if, for whatever reason, they did and we could get him, I would go after him. I think the more realistic option is going to be getting, like, O.J. Howard or something like that. Um, I would love – I'd be okay with any of those three because that means at least we're only carrying two tight ends, at the very least, instead of three. And uh, Yeah, I agree with that. Mike Isecki, if, if people who don't really – haven't watched Mike Gusecki play. He's out of Penn State. He's really good. He He's more of a – he's Anthony Ferkser, who's bigger and stronger. That's that's yeah. how I kind of feel about Mike Gusecki. He can block. 
He's Anthony, he can run the routes like Anthony Berkshire can because Anthony Berkshire's pretty good in, in the intermediate range, you know, five yards, whatnot. But he can block as well. And he's a bigger, stronger, faster target than Anthony Berkshire. So Anthony Berkshire could go back to what he should be, a tight end two, and we could bring a second in and he could be our three down tight end. So Yeah. I, yeah, I, and I think, you know, that that's not a sec- – it's not going to be a sexy splash. It's not going to be something like, oh, my God, Tennessee just, you know, signed Bud Dupree or Tennessee just, you know, got like, – he could be our Danico Autry. It would be our Danico Autry signing where nobody thinks, oh, my God, it's going to be a sexy signing. But the people that actually watched or, or know the player are like, oh, my yeah, – he's going to make our team instantly better. Like Danico Autry, nobody really talked about it. And because, first of all, nobody really gives a shit about Danico Autry the way they should, to be honest with you. I think he's underappreciated, and he has been pretty much his whole career. But he came in and immediately made our defensive and line better. Yes, yes. He tortured us with the Colts. People don't yeah. – I don't know how people forget that. Danico Autry was one of those Derrick Henry stoppers. When yeah. the, we struggled to run the ball against the Colts the few times we did, it was because of that guy. I mean, he was one of those guys that – you've seen it all season. He's just physical guy. And that's, yeah. what, that's how you stop the run against us and being just more physical than us. He's one of those guys. So I think Isiki could be that. I like I like that um, analogy there you tied together. I think those guys could be, you know, the difference maker, the X factor on the offense and defense next year, the sneaky good signing. So, you know, guys, we, we've discussed a whole lot here today. Uh, I, I really hope you're enjoying what we're talking about. And if, and if you know, if there's any other topics you'd like to be here covered, Hey, shoot us a message on Twitter when we post it. Shoot us a message on our DMs on Twitter. If you want to come on and talk to us, hey, tell us that too. We want you guys – we still want guys coming in talking because uh, this is stuff I really enjoy talking about because this is the time where our team has hope again, you know. Uh, we, we can we can focus on what's going to happen, not what has, what has happened. So we can talk about the holes that the Titans are going to fill and whatnot. Of course, we don't – have any say so what really happens but as fans we can react together and we wish you guys would come on here and talk with us and react with us so um asher if you got anything to add to that we'll get ready to close it yeah guys like come on come on the podcast you know i'm gonna post something you know either this this weekend or something like that just gauging interest on anybody that would want to come in on the podcast next week or we've moved them now to doing them on wednesdays um it's just better. It gives me something more to look forward to on Wednesdays. Um, and, like, but, you know, we enjoy doing this. And, you know, I like to think that somebody in that Titans organization listens to, you know, has a pulse on the fan base. And, you know, if you want to be – want to help contribute to the pulse of this podcast, come on out. And, as always, tighten up.